Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show with a bit of a weird opening. So I just want to apologize if you have looked at your podcast feed today and thought, why is Miller spamming it? Well, it's because the Jim Sterling episode was meant to go up yesterday, uh, but SoundCloud was just dead. It wouldn't upload anything. I did some research and it was a SoundCloud related issue, but I don't want like the flagship show not to go up on the right day because that's going to break everything. So I am just going to have to throw content at you. I like the way I figure it. Wrestling Observer does that. Sometimes they have like five shows in a day. So we're doing it this week. Sit down. Enjoy. That's it, that's what I'm gonna say. Live from Parts Unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet. We think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. My word, what a crazy morning. Sorry, we're starting a bit late today. We're 15 minutes behind. You'll have to forgive me, but welcome to Simon's Pro Wrestling Show, number 188. How the hell have we done it? Thank you so much for joining me. Uh, do remember that if you're not on YouTube right now, head on over to youtube.com for us, the middle report rules, or search for Simon Miller and give us a subscribe. Like the video. Uh, leave a comment if you want. I'll be in the live chat. Say hello at Simon316 on Twitter and Instagram. And again, all of this is supported by patreon.com forward slash Simon316. Even a dollar allows me to do this. Uh, well, it helps me do this. If, if, if my Patreon went down, the show would vanish. That's how the show exists. And of course, if you are in the YouTube chat, you can use the super chat little dollar sign there at the bottom. You can ask whatever you want and I will read it out and I will answer it. See, I was a bit delayed today. A little craziness with ups and downs that obviously you can join me on over at What Culture Wrestling at 2 p.m. if you are watching this live. Had to get it done, had to sort some stuff out, been running around, had some problems with computers, all this kind of nonsense, but now it is time to talk some wrestling. Did you watch Raw is the first question. If you didn't, you probably should. You should probably go and check it out. Now, I don't know how much say Paul Heyman had in this episode, But you'd have to imagine, I mean, the thing with the Paul Heyman situation, obviously he is now the executive director on Raw. He already had his fingers in some pies to begin with. He was helping out with Ronda Rousey and Brock Lesnar, and he's had some suggestions of what they should do with Aleister Black. So it's not like he is coming in from the cold. This, I guess it depends how much of a say was he allowed to have this week, I guess. I imagine as, you know, you're never going to get a night and day situation. You've got to bet into a new job and see how it works, how it doesn't work in this particular situation. Try and figure out how much leeway Vince McMahon is actually going to give you. So we're never going to know how much, I can say, Paul Heyman did to this. But either way, it doesn't matter. Even though it's fun to talk about that stuff and it's fun to discuss it, the best thing about this Raw was it was loads of fun. It was really entertaining. Within the first five minutes, we'd have the set blown up. And, you know, at the end of hour three, we'd have AJ Styles reuniting with the club and going heel, which was I've been asking for for like the last month. And at one point, it didn't look like they were going to do it. And now they've done it. That's all that matters. As long as we get there in the end, as long as the destination is where I wanted it to go, I'm all right. And it was, yeah, it was just, I'm not saying it was perfect by any stretch of the imagination. There are still some angles and the whole let's build a match around a commercial break is difficult. <laughs> it just is. It's a very, it's a very difficult um, thing to accept because it just doesn't make any sense, really. Like when you are using the ad break or the commercials as the center point to your narrative, you're forgetting about characterization and storylines, and that's what we need. And that's what Raw proved. Like, let's talk about the. We'll talk about. Let's talk about AJ Styles first because that's in the title. I know most people that are click will want to hear that. So. This is the point. Throughout the night, and really throughout the last three weeks, we've got to give WWE credit here. Gallows and Anderson have popped back up from nowhere. We'll shelve that to one side. But 
you know, they've come out of nowhere and they have started to almost tease AJ Styles for his lack of success as of late. And AJ Styles has reciprocated in that, saying, well, what have you done? Where have you been? And that was happening on Raw as well. Like, Gallows and Anderson lost to the Viking Raiders last week. AJ Styles pointed that out. Gallows and Anderson were like, yeah, but it's not like you smashed Ricochet, is it? You struggled with the rookie. And then there were some dubious means as Gallows and Anderson pretended that Ricochet had been saying bad stuff. And, you know, all these little, all, all these little things that they put into place. And really, you know, at one point, you know, they, Gallows and Anderson had said to AJ Styles that Ricochet's been talking crap about you. So AJ Styles went and found him, just slapped him around the face. We didn't book Ricochet as an idiot. He slapped him right back. And even then, you were kind of wondering what's going to happen. And of course, we get to the main event. AJ Styles wins the United States Championship. Turns out Ricochet's foot under the bottom rope. That's an advert thing. I hate it. And then when we kick things back off, we have a pretty decent eight-minute match. And the only reason I say pretty decent is I think it would have been better without that break and we could have let them go 15. You know, wrestling is all about the build and the momentum. Uh, and Ricochet wins with, although it was a, a pinfall out of nowhere, which WWE does overdo, it's a pretty damn good pinfall out of nowhere. Like, Ricochet was, like, activating some kind of signature he'd made up in a wrestling game. Anyway, AJ Styles and Anderson apron on the apron. AJ Styles turns around, clocks him right in the face. They beat him down. Raw ends with the club doing their two sweet stuff. They're back together. The crowd were booing genuinely behind AJ Styles. You know, sometimes with a hill turn, you'll get a cheer because people like seeing that stuff. It was just very well worked. It built throughout the show. It's been teased for the last three weeks. And I really think that's what's right for the AJ Styles character now. There is no one else he can really feud as with a face. And what I'm hoping happens is we can get through the Ricochet program. Don't rush it. But, you know, I said this a few weeks ago. A face Seth Rollins taking on a heel AJ Styles adds so much more gravitas to that program. You know, and they're going to have good matches. You could have them go three, four months and, you know, build, 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 build and change, change, change. And I can't ever imagine, unless something just goes wrong, which does happen, I can't ever imagine a time where you don't get a great match from AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. So, you know, I've got a picture now of where we could go. I've got a vision and I'm excited by that. And I just, I just love the ending. And I love AJ Styles' attitudes. I mean, why he's got something in my eye, you have to forgive me. Why he turned on Ricochet, I need a, I need a reason for. Because at the moment, it kind of feels like he turned on Ricochet because Gallows and Anderson said that Ricochet said bad things about him. <laughs> it's not like the worst thing in the world. But it works, and we needed to freshen things up. We aren't just staying in the status quo. That's the main thing I took away from Raw, mostly. I say 75%. Is that hopefully we are going back to a time where we focus on characterization and we focus on these storylines that drip and they build. Because that's right now, I think in the short term, the one thing WWE needs to do is make sure the viewership doesn't drop as drastically as it has been doing from hour one to hour three. That's step one. And once you've been able to get an audience through the door and then secured them for three hours, then hopefully you can start increasing that audience members as well. Shout out to Ryan McVeigh in the super chat. It just says, hey, Simon, at work now, we'll watch later. Cheers. Thanks, Ryan. I appreciate that. And yeah, it's, it's, it's an archive. You can watch or listen whenever you want. And again, if you've got a question, you want to say anything, please do use the super chat and I promise to answer it. And I promise to engage in some serious wrestling discussion. Um, but yeah, and you know, it was just... I mean, this kind of ties in, but obviously it wasn't just the AJ Styles stuff. We had a very random and interesting segment with the Canellises, which I don't think anybody saw coming. Uh, you know, Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins did their schmaltzy, oh, baby, I love you, oh, baby, I love you too, which was actually fine. Like, it, it was a little bit cringy, but I didn't hate it because it was done with tongue firmly in cheek. So I was like, okay, whatever. But... um. You know, I, I presume somebody in WWE thought well, we need to get a couple to face them to build up to their match with Baron and Lacey, and they chose 
uh, Maria and Mike Canellis, which wasn't the worst thing in the world. They do have quite a good rapport with each other. But if you had told me they were then going to go to the ring, Maria was going to yell at her husband for the entirety of the match. And then afterwards, honestly, he got berated so badly afterwards. Obviously, Becky Lynch tapped him out too. There's nothing wrong with that, but you rarely see that in WWE. That's my point. It's rare. You don't really see... Well, you never see women and men going at it anyway. But you certainly never see a woman getting a a visual win over a man. So you know, I do believe this was all done to just rain the <laughs> rain the I can't remember the right word, but just rain the craziness down on Mike Canales. Because yeah, after that, his wife basically said, "If I do want to get pregnant again, I'll go to the man because you ain't man enough to do it." I never felt so sorry for anybody in my life. So we built a great baby face, <laughs> but how Mike Canales ever um, ever recovers from that, I don't I don't know. It was thrill. However, going back to my point about AJ Styles, there was characterization there and there was drama. And okay, it was soap opera drama. You know, it was soap opera drama. But it was still there. And I, as I've said this before, I would much rather the people we don't get to see on our TV screens. And I know Mike's on 205 Live and Maria. But I would much rather we start trying these things and giving people their own spots to shine in than just not having them on TV. And if somebody thinks they've got a weak, uh, sorry, a weak, a strong storyline for Mike Kanellis and this will go somewhere, I'm all right for trying it. And if we get six weeks down the line and it sucks, I'd much rather that than Shane McMahon taking up every single segment on my TV. I like Mike Kanellis. In fact, one of the weird things was I saw Mike Kanellis. I was like, oh, he's taller than I realized because he was taller than Seth Rollins. And that's a weird thing to say, but I've never, he's never been in a position for me to know that because he's never faced Seth Rollins. And why can't he face Seth Rollins? Do you know what I mean? It was different. It was fresh. Regardless of what you think about the Seth and Becky stuff, at least they were taking on two people we haven't seen on Raw in a while. And that, to me, was a huge tick. I loved it. Shout out to Undead, FB Jew in the goo. Every time, every time in the super chat says, hey, Simon, hand on heart. Becky, Seth, toes did curl. It was very toe curling. I agree. And it was very schmaltzy. And it was very, like, say, kiss, kiss, bang, bang. But I didn't, I, it, it didn't make me cringe enough, if that makes sense. I wouldn't say that I enjoyed it, but I certainly didn't enjoy it. And I was kind of like, well, look, if you're going to have them as a tag team and they're in a relationship, there's going to be a little bit of this. So I was kind of shrugging my shoulders. I was like, it was always going to happen. You know, it was always going to happen. Shout out to Richard Dalloway in the super chat. Weekly tip of the hat. Thanks for the positivity, Richard. Two things. One, thank you for joining me. Always love people joining me for my podcast. And two, thank you for putting money in the super chat. It means the world. You flatter me. I appreciate it. Vicky Branton, or V Branton, I should say, in the super chat says, do you really think she could be pregnant? Well, according to the Wrestling Observer, uh, I listened to a li- I've been listening to a couple of minutes, but according to Dave Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio this morning, she is actually pregnant. So... I mean, do with that information what you will. I, I, can't, I can't give you any more than that other than to say I was pleased to see them both being put in a relatively major angle uh, on Raw. And I also love the fact, before we move away from it, that I, you know, having the, um, uh, the, universal, the Universal, the United States Championship in the main event, also where there was a heel turn, made that belt feel so much more important. The fact that AJ wanted to go bad to try and win that title, ticks all around, genuinely. I'm very excited about that, but we'll see. I know, one step at a time. Let's not get carried away. Shout out to RJ Roxas, who just threw a dollar in the super chat. Appreciate it, RJ. And a shout out to Haida Barty, who says, Hi from Chesham in Buckinghamshire. I know where Chesham is. Some of my friends, who I no longer know, used to live in Chesham. I know exactly where you are, Hader. I could drive to you right now. I won't, because that would be weird, but I know where you are. Hello, my friend. Thank you much for joining. Thank you, everyone who has joined. Let's talk about the start of Raw 2. We can't, um, 
We, we can't ignore that because really that set the tone for the evening, which is what the start of the show should always do. But as opposed to having like a 15 minute, you know, talking segment that says, oh, we're going to do this and we're going to do that, which it can be okay. But again, law of diminishing returns, as I always talk about, you will get bored of it after a while. Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley came out for a Fool's Count Anywhere match and they kicked the crap out of each other for a while. There were some cool strongman moves. They fought into the crowd. And eventually, Braun Strowman speared Bobby Lashley through the, the LED boards at the entranceway. And there was the most crazy... Ex- Don't get me wrong. It was over the top, WWE. You went too far. But it was absolutely nuts. Again, there were sparks. There was explosions. Things kept dropping down onto them. And what we did was we halted the show. We're only 10 minutes in this point. We halted the show. We cut to this weird, like, bird's eye camera that just focused on the carnage from afar. The commentators stopped talking. You could see paramedics running to try and help people out. I understand what they tried to do is they tried to make it feel like it was real. I don't necessarily... I'm kind of two ways because you should pretend that these things are real because we can just believe that it is. That's the whole point of wrestling. You know, but you pretend that it is. But I could have done... Michael Cole did the somber voice. Oh, I could have done without that. I would have much preferred a JR. What the hell? You know, I can't believe it. All that kind of... Sort of like mankind going through the cell. I would have much preferred that. But these are that's a minor, minor criticism. It was a brilliant opening angle. It made me care more about Braun and Bobby than I have done in months. Because again, they were involved in this thing. I was like, holy sugar. Corey Graves said shit. <laughs> now, that's a double-edged sword. Because I liked it. It wasn't necessarily delivered at the right time. It probably should have come earlier. But I liked it because you never hear that. So it made my ear pick up and it surprised me. Also added to the believability. When that happened and I was sat on my couch, I went, holy shit. So it's a real reaction. And that is something the commentators could could do more of. Although, yes, the other side is it's a bit cringy. It's a bit 14-year-old in my bedroom painting my walls back listening to Papa Roach. I'm going to say shit because I can. But it doesn't matter because these are all small important changes that allowed Raw to be the best it's been for a very long time. And that's the point. That's the point. It worked. And if it worked, I'm not going to... Well, I will I will poke holes in it because that's my job. But I'll also make sure to double back and go, but who cares? Uh, Sean Gahorn, or Gearhorn, sorry. I don't know if I get your name right, Sean. I hope I do. Hand on heart in the super chat. He says, hey, Simon, if Brock cashes in during the Extreme Rules tag match, will he become men and women's champion? Brocky two belts. He would. You didn't write Brocky two belts. You wrote Brock two belts. I'm changing it to Rocky two, Brocky two belts. I guess he would. It's winner takes all. Although I guess it, no, I mean, it, it was in the world of kayfabe. We'd need to know what the contract stipulates. Although when Seth Rollins cashed in, it did make it a triple threat. So he, he, he moved himself. He segued into what the match was. So yeah, it probably would. Uh, Paul Heyman's making the show now as well. Let's do it. Come on. Let's absolutely put... Brock Lesnar as a women's champion. Can you imagine the hate? I can do a whole, I can do two episodes on that. Please. Shout out to Pink Milk in the super chat. Are you ever going to try a springboard, su- springboard suicide dive? Damn right I am. And I'm gonna, I assume you're talking about my own wrestling career. And at one point, I'm absolutely going to try the Roman Reigns dive over the top rope. I'm going to do it. And it'll be the end of my wrestling career, but I'll always have it in gift form. No, I'm up for stuff like that. Red Scott Stam. Hand on the heart in the super chat. It says, hope you're having a good day, Simon. Thank you, man. Same to you. I'm a bit behind. I'm a bit rushed off my feet, but that's how I like it. Raw was actually fun this week for once. Really hope this trend continues. You've nailed it, Sam. You've nailed it. It was fun. It was fun. Again, there was still... We're going to talk about it in a second. There were still, you know, some storylines that 
have a bit of a hangover from before and we're going to have to eke those out. But it was. It was a really fun show and it helped that it set the bar so high to begin with and that WWE rammed it down your throat. This was an occasion where WWE should have rammed it down your throat. You just saw two huge men blow up the arena. That should be replayed and it should be focused on. The best thing was, let's say you were 8 to 12 minutes late to watching Raw and you turned on and saw that, you're going to be hooked and you're going to hang around and maybe you would keep watching to see what the fallout from it was. I don't, they kept reminding you throughout the show. Really old school, smart stuff that, you know, recently we've all wondered, why don't they do stuff like that? Why don't they do it? So yeah, I loved all of that. Loved the AJ Styles stuff. Uh, loved all the 24-7 stuff. Jacob Domley on the nose there in the super chat. The 24-7 title stuff was a highlight for me. Drake, Maverick, and R-Truth are great. They were. And I think the reason some people, not necessarily yourself, Jacob, you may have been on since day one, but I think some people are coming around to it now. You know why? Because WWE are investing consistency and time into that storyline. We know everything with Drake and Truth. You can go out and get more information if you follow them on social media with his wife who was there tonight on Raw. And you get the payoff on the show. Like, again, we had a coherent storyline. We know what happened at Drake Maverick's wedding. Now he's tricked his, uh, was his wife's name's Renny Michelle. He's tricked Renny Michelle, his wife, to coming to Raw, saying it was her honeymoon. Pretended he didn't want the 24-7 championship. Eventually won it by tricking our truth like the heel he is. So he didn't care, then smacked him with a suitcase. And then legged it on his honeymoon, which I bet means gives you more clips on social media throughout the week. I mean, Drake Maverick also said... That he's going to have, he insinuated he's going to have sex 24 7. I would advise against that. I know that's the, the title rules, but your penis will hurt. That's the fact. You, that kind of friction will hurt your penis. I don't mean to be crass. I'm just sending out positive and honest vibes. But it was cool because, again, we've invested in all of it now, which goes to show even a daft concept can become an interesting one as long as you stick to the course. Shout out to Logan Jones on uh, Super Chat who says, Hi, Simon. Thoughts on Taker continuing to wrestle? I personally enjoy seeing him, and if he feels he can continue, I'll support him. Oh, yeah. When you've, you've got that many mileage up and you've done what Undertaker has done, nobody, you can have your opinion, but nobody gets to tell you when you can retire. That's up to you. And again, fans can be like, he's passed it, he's ruined it, whatever, that's fine. But no, I, I, the, the, having Undertaker in this feud with Shane McMahon, Drew McIntyre, and Roman Reigns has made me enjoy it. And I understand it's a really shallow reason for liking anything, but I like The Undertaker. I like his entrance. I like when the lights go out. Do you know what I mean? That's all I need. And it is a shallow reason. But if it stops Shane McMahon just talking at me for 25 minutes for eight segments each week, I'll buy into it. And that's all he did. That's all he did on Raw. He came out and he cut his promo going, Roman, <laughs> Roman, you, uh, Roman never asked me to be in this, but I want to take some souls. And you're like, what are you talking about, you crazy man? But it's the Undertaker, and he gets away from it. And I, I, I thought it was really, I, I thought it was really cool. I enjoyed it, um, and it was really short this week as well. Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre said their usual stuff. Got interrupted by the Undertaker. Onwards we go. Okay, I'm kind of hoping it means Drew versus Undertaker at SummerSlam, and Drew wins because I think that saves the Drew McIntyre character, who right now talks a big game but doesn't do anything. I'd be all right with it. And I think it would make up for the Goldberg stuff with people saying, why doesn't Undertaker put his stock back into younger guys? But yeah, no, honestly, it was another thing where, okay, that's nostalgia, but it was nostalgia used in the right way. It came halfway through the show. It didn't take away from any other angles. It made the angle he was in better. That's how you use a legend. And you only had one legend on the show and you used him right. Chris Byrne in the super chat says, thanks for all you do, Simon. Long time viewer, first time super chatter. Well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate it. How much of this episode do you think was influenced or run by Heyman? It's a great question. 
I would say, and I'm just making this up, but I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think how it would work bedding someone in, knowing, well, seemingly knowing, given the rumors we have about how Vince McMahon works. I'd probably say something like 60%. I know that sounds strange, but I would imagine people knowing his influence allowed him to talk more. And I would imagine some of his ideas got through and some of his ideas didn't. The opening segment was Paul Heyman through and through. Because Paul Heyman's the guy that came up with the ring exploding with Mark Henry and Big Show and Big Show and Brock Lesnar. He loves that stuff. So I absolutely think that's a Paul Heyman thing. I don't necessarily think AJ Styles was turning heel at one point in WWE, in, in the storyline WWE had because they weren't really going in the direction. But then here, the direction was very on point and very structured. So I guess that would be Paul Heyman saying, look, the time to do it is now people want it. And the Mike Kanellis thing 100% was Paul Heyman. You know, the soap opera stuff is very much him. So, I mean, hopefully not all of it, because there is some stuff that I didn't like, which I want to talk about in a second. But hopefully a lot of it. Look, it was a great roar. Even with the negatives I'm going to bring up in a minute. As I say on ups and downs, they don't diminish the show. It's just when you watch them in context of themselves, you're like, eh, it wasn't great, was it? Uh, chicken salad, always my favorite name in the Super Sat. You should do standing sliced bread. Awesome move. If I was that athletic, I would, I would try. <laughs> I'll try and do it for you, chicken salad. And if I do, I will gif it. I appreciate your faith in me. Timothy Jones in the super chat. Hey, Simon, how's your morning going? It's been a bit crazy this morning. We were late. We were late for the podcast, which I hate. But, you know, we're only 15 minutes. Uh, Red in Hogan's voice, brother. Also, pretty good episode of Raw. I was legitimately surprised. This is a good reaction to have as well. TV and entertainment is a very simple beast. Now that one has got you interested, SmackDown has to carry on because they are linked whether you like it or not. But now you probably want to watch next week's. Not just for the continuing storylines, which finally we have some on. We ended on a cliffhanger. But it made you feel good, I'm imagining, Tim. And now we, we, we've lost that. And I think within three hours we got it back. That's Here you go. That's a positive having a three-hour show. We were able to cram this with loads of stuff which we wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. Two hours is still better, but given the predicament that WW was in, this was actually a benefit of three hours because we were able to do so many things all at once. Uh, v. Branton, Super Chat, <laughs> your spear, awesome. Well done, dude. I appreciate that. Yeah, I did gift that. You can check it on my Twitter now or my Instagram. It's on both at Simon316. And you can see me spear Nathan Cruz out of his boots at Defiance Built to Destroy. Cheap plug, you can watch the whole match as well. Just search for Access Defiant and Google. You'll find the website and you can watch the match through there. But yeah, it's simple as, man. Nathan Cruz called me a budget Goldberg, so I speared his ass, and maybe I did another move as well. But again, cheap tease. You're going to have to tune in to, the, to watch it. But thank you. I appreciate that, Vicky. That's very nice of you. Undead FB Jew in the Super Chat says, Did you spot Mercy during Raw? Oh, and thanks for liking a tweet I left on a comment on your Twitter. Made my day yesterday. Oh, that's all right, man. Thank you. I, I'm not going to lie. Top of my head, I can't remember what it was. But thank you very much for the nice comment. Uh, you know, I wouldn't have liked it otherwise. I didn't spot Mercy. Uh, it's one of those things where Raw was so packed. I, I assumed that usually what I like to do is rewind certain segments to see if I can catch up. But again, I was running a little bit behind this morning. So I assumed there was some Bray Wyatt stuff in there. But I will never go and read and look at anything until I've done my ups and downs because I feel like it could influence my opinion even subconsciously. So I was just like, I haven't seen it. I'll just leave it. But I assumed he would be there. Uh, I would say Bray Wyatt needs to be on Raw within two weeks. Uh, I think we're getting to the point now where those teases aren't enough. Again, not a criticism, just an observation. But I think it's really important. 
that we capitalize on all the success and the momentum we built up with the Firefly Flunhouse. And now that we haven't had one from two weeks, it's not the end of the world because WWE did this back in 1997, don't forget. All the focus was on Kane, Undertaker, and Paul Bearer, I mean, before Kane debuted. And then it all went quiet for a few weeks as we focus on Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in the Cell match instead. And then that's when Kane arrived. So maybe we're doing something like that, a bit out of sight, out of mind to double the surprise. But hopefully, by Extreme Rules on the night after Extreme Rules, I think we need Bray Wyatt on television, live and in person. I think that's important. Dave Berryman in the Super Chat says, Undertaker is 24-7 champion. Dude, why not? Why the hell not? It would legitimize that championship all the more. And how funny would it be? I don't know how this helps Undertaker's character, but he's probably bulletproof at this stage. How awesome would it be if um, and our truth went to get it back and he was just terrified? terrified of the undertaker you get mileage out of that i know it's a comedy spot with the undertaker i wouldn't mind them trying it for better or worse jacob donnelly in the super chat says if raw stays in this tone from here on out i'm more and more excited for bray wyatt to return well that's true the stronger your foundations and the better your overall product when you're adding on the cherries the cherry's going to be even nicer than otherwise. Not a good analogy for me. I don't like cherries. But you're right, man. You're right. If everyone else is smashing it, then the person that's already got all the credence and all the love, they're going to smash it even more. I'm pretty excited about it. I think it's going to be good. I Look, I think after Fighter Fest, which was... the I, I, This sounds negative. I mean it in a good way. It was the least spectacular pay-per-view AEW has done. But that's good. Because not every pay-per-view that AEW does needs to be, you know, five stars here and there. Just a fun show to watch. So they're still heading in the right direction. Hopefully WWE's turned a little bit of a corner. You can't bet the, you know, bet the bank on one, on one, uh, on one show. But hopefully going into the summer, we're going to get some damn good wrestling. And Impact's going to be on Access TV in America. That means nothing over here, but it's a much better channel than what they were on. So, uh, so yeah, um, I just saw a super chat. Chicken salad again. I wonder if Alistair Black will show up on SmackDown. He should do. I mean, I think we have to find out who his feud is going to be with. It's a bit of a rubbish tease if nobody is there. So fingers crossed, uh, fingers crossed that we will. Um, there, there, like I said, I do want to mention a few things about Raw that I think need to change ASAP. I don't like. I know some people disagree, and that's cool. I don't like the whole let's build matches around commercial breaks. Why Miz versus Elias? Miz versus Elias being two out of three falls was as if all wrestling matches were two out of three falls. So you watered down that stipulation too much. It was also booked just to get through the commercial break. You know, falls one and two happened in around about 90 seconds. So I wasn't a fan of that. And I didn't like when they did it with the New Day either. You know, we had the New Day versus the Viking Raiders. Kofi, and I love Samoa Joe coming out and just choking Xavier Woods out. But then that transforms into a six-man tag. Once you know what they're doing, it's just too transparent and it's too awkward to watch. And I don't, I don't think that... Um, I, I just don't think the commercial break, you know, the unliving entity that is inanimate should be focusing and shaping the structure of your show. I just don't like it. I would have liked Miz and Elias in a one-on-one -on -one match. They've had a bit of a thing. But to, again, have another two out of three falls match and no one ever actually explained to you why we're doing two out of three falls. Unless you come out and you say all standard matches in WWE are now two out of three falls. That may work for all I know. I can't say until they do it. That's just my opinion. And I know, other, I know there are some... Uh, others that don't agree with that at all but that is a real issue i also thought the alexa bliss carmella and nikki cross stuff is i think we need to wrap up that storyline as quickly as possible um it's it was I mean, it was just like a bullet it was like a list of bullet points we do a we do a moment of bliss nikki cross is happy with alexa bliss carmella comes out and calls alexa bliss out for her crap we have two matches with carmella against those two alexa bliss loses one nikki cross wins the other alexa bliss is a bit pissed off 
it's all fine if Nikki Cross turns on her at Extreme Rules, but then I don't know. I I just thought with everything else evolving so nicely, that again that feels like a hangover from before that probably needs a little bit of tweaking, and I don't think we got that tweaking. It wasn't terrible. I'm not saying that. That's just a feeling that I, I took away from it. Ibanai in the super chat says, "Why you know why? Hand on heart, damn right, Ibanai. Hand on heart always." Josh Nick says, "JDNY on Twitter is making a fool of himself." Well, I know JD from NY. He's a big fan of calling me an asshole. <laughs> uh, but I know, I know, I get it's all in his character. It's fine. I don't mind. I really, really don't. I've met him. He's, he's a fine guy. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I, I can't say that I've seen that, Josh. So if you try and let me know, I, I can comment on it. Uh, I would imagine he's being, he really, really hates Raw. <laughs> I've never seen a video of his where he doesn't hate Raw or SmackDown. So I'm going to presume that he really hates Raw and SmackDown. But hey, that's, that, that's his thing. More power to him. He's doing all right with it. Dickie1996. Hey, Simon, love your content. Sending love from Australia. Dickie, thank you very much. Did you go and watch the New Japan show? I can't remember what it's called now. I think it was called something like Southern Showdown. Uh, did you go and watch it? Did you watch Robbie Eagles versus Will Ospreay? Let me know. Everyone, everyone raved about that match. Um, love right back at you, Dickie19. I, I think that means you were born in 1996. That makes me feel old. But I appreciate that, Dickie. Thank you very much. Fallout Fanatic in the super chat. Taker would have the longest 24 7 title reign. He would. Who could take it off of him? Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns. I mean, I don't necessarily want all the main event guys to start being in that picture because I actually think it's benefited our truth and Drake Maverick, you know, humongously. And that could, you know, go on to somebody else once we switch things up. But it would make the title feel more legit. I have no problem with Undertaker going after the, the 24-7 title. I have no problem with fun. Big, oh, sorry, I hit my table. Sorry about that. Big T Sutton in the super chat. Not a question, but just want to say, keep up the hard work, bro. It's really appreciated. Keep smashing the content as well, people in the ring. Oh, thanks, man. Oh, so keep smashing the content as well as people in the ring. Thank you, Big T Sutton. I appreciate that. Uh, it's, it keeps me motivated and it keeps me inspired. We've had a good few days. We did smash some people in the ring over the weekend. And then we had Fighter Fest on Sunday. And now we're doing Raw on the podcast. It's been a good few days. A damn good few days. Chicken salad. I thought the CEO's match was so dumb it was funny. Dude, a lot of people have said that. I didn't hate it at all. I just sometimes try and look at these things from a critical point of view. And I don't necessarily think we needed that on the show. If you never watched AEW before and you were trying to get back into wrestling, I think that may have turned you off a little bit. I could be wrong. And it wasn't bad. And more power to that CEO. What's his name? Something DeBailey, DeBally. I can't remember his name. Good for him, man, for getting in there. It's really difficult. I know. I, I, I do it. And it kicks my ass. But it was one of those things that I wouldn't necessarily felt the show was needed. But it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. Nothing on Fighter Fest was terrible, terrible. Um, it just wasn't as big as Double or Nothing. But, you know, that's fine. Uh, Joseph has come back and said, or someone has come back and said, JD apparently said some awful words, which I will not read out. Um, oh, he was reading comments, apparently. No, I agree. Well, I don't want to talk about that. I appreciate you putting it in there. We've referenced it, but yeah, until I know the whole thing. But no, I wouldn't. I don't, I don't like that stuff. Negative energy is negative. Miller is not a negative person. Uh, Jacob Domily, thoughts on the Street Profits debut? Jacob, on something channel in my heart, took the words out of my mouth again. I loved it. Nice and simple. They're entertaining guys. They were put in a position with Paul Heyman where they made Paul Heyman look stupid. They look confident. They look strong. They had the NXT titles. Thank goodness sometimes NXT champions come up to have the stupid titles. All we need to do now is the opposite of what we did with AOP and the opposite of what we did with uh, the Viking Raiders. Push them strong. I thought their promos were really good. I liked it when um, they pretended to be The Rock and they changed their minds. They come across like goofy idiots, but they're the champions, so you know they're legit. I'm really, I've am really i said this before, and I'm an idiot for saying again, I should learn. Boy who cried wolf. But I'm really hoping this means that we get to the point where 
um, the tag team division is is a thing. Because you've got the New Day, you've got the Viking Raiders, AOP is still there, Street Profits. Um, oh, now I can't remember tag teams, so my brain hates me. I don't need to go through all the tag teams. You know the tag teams in the division. There's so many people we could do stuff with that I think now is, now, now is the time. Now is the time. If we're going through these big changes, you know, don't do six-man tags. Don't when you when you add in singles wrestlers, do tag team wrestling. Get Hiker, uh, Ryder, <laughs> Ryder and Hawkins back involved. Get everybody back involved. Team up Alistair Black and Ricochet again if you want. I wouldn't mind that so much if you want to do something against AJ Styles and and the club. But then make sure you always go back to the tag teams going after the championship. But no, I was, I was pleased to see them. Always a bit worried when NXT talent gets called up. You already know why, uh, but we'll see. Sean Gearhorn in the Super Chat. When Braub and Bubby went through the stage and everything went black, I was praying it would stay out the entire show. I think they missed an opportunity for a different feel for the night. Your thoughts? I agree, Sean. I actually had a note in my ups and downs at one point because I thought when the Viking Raiders came out, it looked like the lights were off. But then when the New Day came out and all the lights were back on, I was like, oh, maybe that's just the Viking Raiders entrance and I don't know. So I thought, well, don't risk it. Don't make a mistake. But I agree. They should have kept it dark and edgy and gritty throughout the rest of the evening. Uh, they should have... Uh, mentioned it constantly, so like every you know twenty minutes. Oh, by the way, if you're wondering why things look different, it's because of this. I think they could have done more, but like I've said, we are slowly tiptoeing through new waters. So let's hope they start doing more and more and more of that stuff. If nothing else, we had a bit of pyro, right? And when was the last time we saw pyro? Maybe Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman can talk Vince McMahon to having pyro back on the show. It's a small thing, but people like it. And right now, the big differences between WWE and AEW is AEW has public support and people, you know, even when they make mistakes, people go, oh, don't worry about it. WWE doesn't have that. They need to get back on side with the fans. So do the small little things that you may not care about, but the fans do. This was one of them. I do agree with you. I think we, um, I think we potentially could have done that. Um, where am I going? Jason J in the super chat says, good brothers plus creative freedom equals gold. They could be legit top guys with AJ. Also, they should do live ads pre-match so they can be interrupted, sending positive vibes from Iowa. Iowa, the home of Seth Rollins. Um, Yeah, I thought Gallows and Anderson were excellent on Raw. They were funny, they were entertaining. Bit weird when Carl Anderson said he'd give up his wife if AJ Styles won. That was a dark direction for the program. Uh, But they could be legit top guys. I think the most interesting thing now is what happens in three months when apparently rumor, speculation, innuendo, they're meant to leave. Their contracts are up with September. As far as we know, they haven't signed anything new. Maybe this is one last ditch to get them to stay. I understand why they'd be worried. But if you give me a year-long run with the club being a dominant group that eventually fall, I'll get into that. You can add another member. Add Finn Balor to it. I mean, they won't. But, you know, build it up. Have some fun with it. We never get stables anymore. And once again, this is much like Bobby and Braun. Within 10 minutes, Bobby and Braun were more interesting to me than they have been in months. Same with Gallows and Anderson. I always like Gallows and Anderson. But right now, they feel like badasses. Let's capitalize on that. Let's not let it go. They got an AJ Styles head. They manipulated him. Maybe you could argue they brought the real AJ Styles. And he'd been hiding away for so long. And now we are going to get a somewhat top-end feud with Ricochet. Good guy that's so easy to love. Taking on bad guy AJ Styles with some cronies in his corner. That's good, man. I don't care. I say this on ups and downs. There's still loads of downs on this week's ups and downs. Spoilers. But the ups far outweigh the downs. That's all I'm going to say. Daniel Holmes at Super Chat. Just throwing some money in there. Appreciate that, Daniel. Welcome to the show. I hope you are enjoying it. And Dan Lemley says, <laughs> lots of nice people in the Super Chat today. Dan just says, just wanted to say I love your content. Well, Dan, I love your words. And I love your, uh, your appreciation. You're very welcome. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, if you didn't watch... I wouldn't do this. I really wouldn't. If it said like two people watching in the corner down there and I knew one of them was my mum, she may watch, she probably doesn't. I 
probably wouldn't do it. Just saying. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Um, I thought I had another one. Oh, apparently, I don't have another one. Okay. That's just me checking the that's to be checking the comments. So yeah, overall, great episode of Raw. Really, really good. Um I'm excited to see what they do next week. And I'm excited to see how much more power and control Heyman gets. It was just fun and it was just entertaining and it flowed nicely. Again, it was a bit upsetting that when we got into match two, we were doing the two uh, the the switcheroo to appease the commercial break. But it, the commercial break thing doesn't make me not want to watch the show. We should also talk about Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. That was weird. There's no two ways about it. That was weird. So we start with the, the camera on the back of Lacey Evans, who's in a mirror. Not in a mirror, like looking in a mirror. Who's applying some makeup. And then Baron Corbin is leaning on a box, looking right into the camera like it's some kind of play. <laughs> like he's in the theater. It was really strange. And then Lacey Evans eventually turns around and talks like nobody has ever talked. She said something like, uh, it was like, Becky, <laughs> she put her faith in the wrong man, and now that man's going to turn around and steal her faith. And I was like, what does that mean? What does that mean, Lacey Evans? It was the strangest thing, and Baron the whole time is laughing. I, quite, I kind of, no, I do and I don't. Late, the, the, the Lacey Evans versus Natalia match, I loved it and I hated it. I loved it because I thought Baron Corbin tritting Natty up was actually a great way to get proper heat on Baron. Like, what an asshole thing to do. But at the same time, I was like, it's still Lacey Evans versus Natalia with Baron Corbin and Lacey, who at the moment I struggle to, you know, I struggle to invest in because of everything that's happened over the last few weeks. Maybe I was a bit too harsh on that in hindsight. But hey-ho, I went with my gut. But at least it, it, was, it was easy, right? It was easy. Jacob Donnelly in the super chat. I'm confident after Extreme Rules, there will be a big reset, which is much needed right now. I agree. I think we got the tease of it tonight. I think we can't do it. You can't do it 100% now because you'll ruin your pay-per-view. You do need to get through it, which is why I imagine both Bischoff and... Uh, Heyman will be 100% in gear come the Monday after that. So what's that, a week Monday, two weeks yesterday? I agree. You don't, you don't need to do it before then. You, you just don't. You, need to, you do need to give things up. We do need to be patient, much as WWE does. I don't think the ratings are going to come in. It's going to be fives. It's definitely not going to be fives. But even if it hasn't moved, stay to the course. This will get more people watching your product, I would assume. You know, it left me feeling quite sprightly by the end of it. Good finish, good end, and some good stuff in the middle and some weird stuff in the middle. I thought it was a really well-paced show now I think about it. I thought it really used, I thought it really pushed characterization. Everybody felt like their own human being, and we haven't seen that for a while as well. And there's so many other people we can use. Like, I always see Cedric Alexander in the running 24-7 pack, and I'm like, sweet, sweet, you know, he's there. He is there, and hopefully someone can pluck him out and you know and do something with them and maybe we do an impromptu draft soon i mean we did mention the uh the wild card rule when the new day were coming out so they haven't forgotten about it entirely but it's nowhere near the focus it once was commentary is still a bit annoying as well i that sounds and that's not the right word to say i just when Corey graves was hinting that samoa joe versus kofi kingston may be a ladder match i was like what are you talking about hey why would Samoa Joe agree to be in a ladder match when he's just choked out Kofi Kingston? I know people go, well, if he chokes him out, he can climb the ladder. Yeah, but if he chokes him out in a one-on-one -on -one match, he'll win the championship. That doesn't benefit him at all. It'd be nuts for him to agree to that. Also, there's no reason for these two to have a ladder match. Thirdly, why would it come from Corey Graves' mouth and then become part of the... I, I'm being a pedant. I'm being a pedant, but I love that feud. And I, 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 that's overthinking it as far as I'm concerned. It really made me go, what? No, no. <laughs> I don't need a ladder match now. It's the first one. I get it's extreme rules, but just do a street fight or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm in a bit of a pissant, but it worried me. Um, 
Chicken salad in the super chat. Whenever Lacey Evans talks, my ears bleed. She has the personality of a brick. <laughs> Not my words. I quite like Lacey Evans. I quite like the way she talks. But hey, chicken man, you're allowed to have your own opinion. Personality of a brick. Bricks don't do much. Uh, Mar- uh, Marco Juarez. Good name. Who was there in the super chat? I went live first time ever. It was awesome live. Marco, let us know what it was like when all the pyros and the sparks and the explosions went off. Did you react? Did you not react? Did you enjoy it? Did you not? Uh, try and just put it in there. I'll keep an eye out for your name to see um, to see uh, to see what's going on. Undead FB Goo in the super chat. I've been waiting for Bray to return. If it's next week, I'll be on holiday. I'll have to avoid Twitter or may have to watch it on a sun lounger. Yeah, dude, embrace 2019. Get that data out. Get that phone going. And <laughs> and you can smash it and you can find out. I think I don't think Bray Wyatt will be next week because that's a week before the pay-per-view. It's a terrible time to debut anyone. I would imagine he debuts at either Extreme Rules and attacks Seth Rollins, which starts his next feud, which worries me because I want him to win the championship. And if not, then, yeah, the night after. And then you can pick and choose whoever you want him to take on. Maybe he comes back on SmackDown, though. We don't know. I would say that you're fine for next week. I don't know. That's my gut. I could be absolutely wrong, but I will say that you're going to be uh, you're going to be okay. Timothy Jones, hand on the heart. Did you catch the quick camera slip up in the first minute of the show? They flashed the sweet profits and quickly flashed away. It's funny you say that. I did see that, but I was making notes at the time, and I thought that I'd made it up. And I was like, well, I'm not going to risk it in case I get it. I hate it. There's nothing worse than getting something wrong in ups and downs. That's my week. <laughs> That's my week on social media. It's just people telling me how I flubbed up. But no, I did see that. But look, mistakes happen. It does suck because it kind of gave away the surprise, but no one did it on purpose. I, 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 it's like when somebody botches a move. I'm like, well, that just sucks for them. I don't want anybody, uh, anybody to screw up. But um, yeah, they did. They did, which is, uh, ah, well, what do you do? I like that. Who thought the street problem? It is weird they called up the champions. Oh, I hit my table again. Oh, well, sit, look, I'm not going to judge it. I'm going to wait and see what happens. We don't know. They may do some kind of NXT invasion for all I know. And then I'll be sat here going, that was stupid. I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have got so carried away. V. Branton in the super chat. It felt like Raw has had a good night's sleep after being overworked. Not perfect, but refreshed. Did you see the lightning for The Undertaker? I did. I like The Undertaker's entrance. Here we are, what, 30 years on or whatever the hell, coming up to 30 years, if not longer. I don't know. I think it's 30 years. And I still love the entrance and I still love The Undertaker. I'm sure it's because it hits my nostalgia gland and I, I feel like a kid again. But that's what he's there for. He's there to remind you of all the stock that WWE and that character has built up over the years. And that is a, it's not a negative AEW, but they don't have that kind of stock because they're building that stock now and WWE has history. So if they can tap into that history in the right way, they absolutely should. So I, I know I, I liked Raw more or less. Now I'm thinking about it. It was a good time. I didn't feel any of it dragged. All of it was fun. Yeah, there are bits I didn't like, as you can see, in around about four minutes over on What Culture Wrestling as we go and do ups and downs. But more or less, the best episode for some time, and I hope it kicks off some kind of renaissance. Marco's back in the super chat just says, it was crazy, because Marco got to see the explosion live. Even if you don't plan to watch Raw tonight, it's on YouTube, WWE's YouTube. It's got over a million hits. I looked earlier as I was trying to uh, find the thumbnail for today. Uh, just watch it on there. They did go too overboard with the fireworks. Like It was a bit like my first barbecue, but that's okay because it was still fun. 
you know, I'd rather they overcooked it than undercooked it and something like that. You want it to look a bit like, holy crap, you know, you want that reaction. Holy shit, I should say. You want that reaction. Uh, Jacob Donnelly in the super chat. I give Lacey Evans credit uh, for someone who's lost clean twice. She stays confident about beating Becky Lynch, lol. Well, you're not wrong about that. I think that's the main problem with Baron Corbin and Lacey for me right now because I know they're in that match, which is now an Extreme Rules match at Extreme Rules. I kind of just want to get past it. I don't want to see Lacey Evans or Baron as the champions right now. Uh, I kind of like Becky and Seth to enter separate feuds. Like I said, I'd love to see AJ versus um, Styles and probably Becky versus someone like Ember Moon. And that's a bit random out of nowhere when she's on SmackDown. But I just mean a new character that hopefully we can build and, 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 and use Becky Lynch's star power and title reign to benefit from. You know, because that's what happened with AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson. They've been rehabbed. You know, the, the angle at the start rehabbed Brock Les- uh, Braun Strowman and Bobby Lashley. There were loads of cut. Ricochet feels pretty cool right now. You know, he's doing all right. Again, I know he lost last week. He won this week with a... It was just it was just a good show, I thought. And if you were having two worlds about seeing it, go check out the clips on Twitter. And if you want to dive in with both feet, I would strongly suggest it. It was fun. Uh, that's it, unfortunately. Sorry it's a shorter episode than usual. Like I say, that's life getting in the way. I thought I could do it later, but I thought, no, we said 1 p.m., so we'll go live at quarter past one. But I did put up a special episode yesterday, which hopefully makes up for it. It's finally gone up on the iTunes and the audio feed this morning after SoundCloud died yesterday. But it is up. It's my latest chat with Jim Sterling, who talks about WWE, AEW, Bray Wyatt, Fighter Fest, Shane O'Mac, Seth Lynch. Seth Lynch, that will do. Seth Lynch, Rollins and Becky. It's all there. So make sure you check that out now. Also on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to my channel. It's here, youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules or search for Simon Miller. Give it a subscribe. Uh, like um, the video, share the video, you know all of that. At Simon Miller on Instagram and Twitter, that's where you can see my spear that I delivered to Nathan Cruz. And of course, support on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Simon316. There's a link in the video below, or in this video, in the bio, if you just want to click through, have a look. And you can get a t-shirt, a postcard, you can come on the podcast, you can get a personalized message, you can join my weekly Q&As, whatever you would like. And we will end by going back to Marco in the super chat, hand on heart, who was there last night and simply said, it looked like it wasn't supposed to happen like it did so they got you they got the whole point wwe tricked you and that is what it's all about work me wwe work me all the professional wrestling make me feel like while I, I i assume i know what's going on there's a small little thing inside of me going well i don't i don't know 100 great episode of raw and now you can head over to what culture wrestling you can click the ups and downs link which will probably be live and uh, it will be live and you can see exactly what i thought you can see my ups you can see my downs again it's not a clean sweep there's still plenty of downs, but I think the ups outweigh it. Check out the Jim Sterling episode. Apologize again. This one is, uh, is uh, short. We'll be back later in the week. But in the meantime, yeah, just have a good day. Enjoy yourselves, and I'll see you soon.